0: Welcome to the Nourish Nervous System, an exploration of stress, the nervous system, and transformative self-care practices for parents and other humans through the lenses of Ayurveda, holistic coaching, somatics, herbs, and much, much more. I'm the host, Kristen Timchak. I'm a holistic life coach, Ayurvedic educator, herbalist, and mother of a tiny human. Join me for information, insight, deep thoughts, and small steps to help you nourish your nervous system. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Nourish Nervous System podcast. No matter where you live, I hope you're finding ways to stay grounded and healthy in this transition of seasons. One of the practices that has profoundly and positively affected my life, especially in transitions of any sort, is meditation. Sometimes I feel like I hear about the positive effects of meditation so much. It's so everywhere that it can be easy to not pay attention to it, like Oh yeah, meditation is super effective at making me feel calm, focused, and more regulated. That's old news, but what about this new supplement or sparkly new health trend over here that I can go down a rabbit hole into? Meditation is so simple. You don't need equipment or a membership. You don't need to pay for it. You don't need a special room to do it. You don't have to wear special clothes. You don't have to take a class or buy an app. Although you can do all of those things, you don't have to. Meditation is so accessible. There are many, many different types and styles and ways to do it. It can be very formal, strict and dogmatic, or it can be as simple as taking some time to stop, tune into your breath, and notice sensations. It could be lying on the ground and watching clouds go by in the sky. There are different kinds of meditations for whatever body position you want to be in. There are sitting meditations and lying down meditations and walking meditations. You can be mindful while doing simple mundane tasks like washing the dishes or weeding the garden. You can chant mantras or visualize white light. You can focus on one point or on the entirety of the universe. You can meditate on loving kindness or a Zen Buddhist koan or riddle. There are studies showing that beginner meditators can get the benefits of meditation from short daily meditation. The study I saw used 13-minute meditations, although there wasn't any conclusion on the specific number of minutes that is required. But the study did find that doing these daily meditations consistently for at least eight weeks was key. Four weeks won't produce the same results. It seemed Eight weeks seem to be the magic number. Some of the benefits from a meditation practice are enhanced memory, attention, mood, and emotional regulation. There are studies showing that meditation can actually change the brain. The areas of the brain that are affected by meditation are the prefrontal cortex, which is involved in executive functioning, self-awareness, complex problem-solving, to name a few of the things, the sensory cortices and insula, which are related to body awareness, the hippocampus, which is related to memory processes, and the cingulate cortex, which is related to self and emotional regulation. Research has found an increased cortical thickness in these areas of the brain of people who meditate. And one study found the same results from people who were involved in an eight week mindfulness based stress reduction and mindfulness based cognitive therapy program. The other noteworthy way that the brain changes with meditation practice is in the shrinking of the amygdala. So, the amygdala are small almond shaped structures located under each hemisphere of the brain. And they're included in the limbic system, which is our oldest part of the brain, like the lizard brain. And they regulate emotion and memory the amygdala associated with the brain's stress, fear, anxiety, and the sympathetic fight or flight stress response. So the research has found that people who meditate regularly can actually quiet and physically shrink that part of the brain that is reacting to perceived threats. So I think this is huge when talking about the stress response cycle. And if you need a refresher on this, check out episode four, nuts and bolts of the stress response cycle. The amygdala And our limbic, ancient part of our brain was so important to help alert us to danger back when life-threatening danger was everywhere. But now that we're living in a culture of chronic stress and seeing perceived threats everywhere, like in an email from the boss or a late bill that needs to be paid, it's so easy for our nervous system to be overstimulated. It seems like actually shrinking that part of our brain and becoming less reactive would greatly benefit us in our day-to-day life. And when thinking about rewiring your brain and neuroplasticity, check out episode 11, Why What You Think Matters, for more on this. We know that reducing stress can also help in improving neuroplasticity, it can help us in the part of our brain that uh, takes risks. So basically, what I'm starting to see is that the answer to everything is meditation, exercise, good sleep, healthy diet, rest, creativity, and meaningful connections. Basically, If you can manage stress in your life, you can begin to live a happier, healthier life. So something I'm curious about, if the studies are showing us these profound effects, and we don't even have to get rid of all of our worldly possessions and live in a cave to do this, why aren't we all meditating? Seriously, why? My guess is that there are a few reasons. One may be that some people can perceive meditation as having a religious or spiritual connotation. And although many religions and spiritual groups use meditation as a practice, it can also be completely secular and absolutely no spirituality involved like the mindfulness-based stress reduction meditations that were used in the study I was talking about earlier. And you have the same effects. Another reason I can think of is of a similar line of thought that people think meditation needs to be austere or strict or done for a really long periods of time in order to benefit from it. And this also just isn't true. Certain types of meditation can, can be austere and strict, but the meditation ultimately helps you to have a calmer, clearer mind. And it helps you to see yourself as more than just the endless thoughts that run through your mind all day. And there are so many ways to do this. I think another objection to meditation is finding time to do it, which ties into the perception that you need to meditate for long periods of time. But the study I mentioned earlier found benefits from meditating for 13 minutes a day. As I mentioned in last week's episode, Practicing Being a Cat, there are so many things we do where we can borrow some time from, like scrolling the internet or watching shows, playing games on our phone. And because we can meditate basically anywhere, it is very accessible. And if you feel uncomfortable closing your eyes or that brings up trauma or makes you feel anxious, you don't need to close your eyes. You can meditate with a soft gaze gaze or focus on one point. There are meditations that involve gazing into a candle or into a mirror. There are lots of options when it comes to meditation. My guess that one of the biggest reasons that people don't meditate is because it's really hard at first. I think there can be expectations that it should look or feel a certain way, that your mind should be emptier. And there's so much constant stimulation in our culture. Like I mentioned in last week's episode, we can constantly engage with something on our computers or our phones, and we don't have to be bored. We don't have to sit with ourselves because it's so easy to distract ourselves. And so when we begin to sit in meditation and begin to witness our thoughts and feel our emotions, it can be overwhelming at first. I think there can be a misconception that meditating means not having thoughts, that that can happen sometimes, but in my experience, it's more about witnessing my thoughts, like watching a river flow past. And every so often I realize that I've gotten into the river and I'm being carried away. So I pull myself out get back onto the shore, and wash the river again. This process happens countless times in the course of a meditation. The cool thing is, if you have a hard time just sitting and meditating, if it feels overwhelming or scary or hard, there are so many tools out there to help you. There are meditation apps that you can pay for that have guided meditations, but there are also tons of free guided meditations out there these days. You can find meditations on music apps or YouTube or even meditation podcasts. I also have a free deep rest meditation on my website that's inspired by Yoga Nidra and can be done lying down or in bed and it's deeply relaxing and rejuvenative. You can find it at www.nourishnervoussystem.com slash deep rest. I think the other thing to remember is that meditation is very personal and non-competitive. And what I mean by that is that you're not trying to get anywhere. You're not trying to meditate and have it look a certain way or to achieve a certain state. You don't need to be the most spiritual person or to be spiritual at all. There's no competition here. You don't it's okay if your mind is busy. It's okay if it feels hard. It's not a moral judgment. It doesn't say anything about who you are as a person. There's there's nowhere to get to. It's just a practice. It's something that you can do that can help you in your life that can help your brain, that can help your nervous system, and in that it ripples out and can benefit all aspects of your life. So I think that's what I mean when I talk about people having an idea. Like I know when I first started meditating, I had, I would sit down and it felt so hard because I I was like, I'm supposed to be meditating, supposed to be this zen, peaceful, relaxing state. And yet my mind is just so busy and I would get frustrated and I would stop. But over the course of time of practicing, I started to notice the benefits. I was first introduced to Buddhist meditation in college. I actually took it for a semester as a gym credit. But unlike many of the kids who took it for what they thought would be an easy credit, I was genuinely interested. The teacher was amazing. And those classes gave me this little bit of peace in a turbulent time of my life. That was my first formal practice of meditation, but I was exposed to it much earlier. When I was growing up, my brother who was 18 years older than me, he traveled the world. He traveled all over Asia, India, Nepal, Thailand, and he was really into bhakti yoga and meditation. And this was back in the early 80s before these practices became mainstream. And I remember him home from his adventures and sitting in the living room meditating and chanting and I would sit with him and pretend to meditate. He was chanting Aum and things and I was just kind of sort of making fun of him just chanting things but I also thought he was so cool so I think my interest in meditation was partly influenced by by him and those early experiences with it. Meditation has been something I've practiced on and off since my early 20s and I've definitely had long stints of no practice but it always comes back to me in one way or another. I've practiced yoga and yogic meditation practices, as well as Buddhist meditation, loving kindness meditation, visualizations, breath work, walking meditation, yoga nidra. I was even initiated into a meditation practice in a caravan in an apple orchard in New Zealand that. On reflection may have been a little bit culty, but was really, really powerful style of meditation. I used to have a lot more time for meditation. And I used to think that a meditation practice had to be 30 minutes or longer. And this did keep me from practicing at times. So I'm personally really grateful to learn that consistency is more important than duration. It takes some pressure off and helps me to incorporate it into my day more easily. And I can really notice the difference that it makes in my life. These little practices can feel daunting at first. And you may or may not feel the benefits right away. But if you're consistent over time, like planting a tiny seed and taking care of it, your practice and the benefits will grow. I notice in my practice now that there are times when my mind is quiet. And when my mind is busy, which is often, it doesn't discourage me the way it did when I first began meditating. There's a reason it's called a practice. The goal is not to be perfect. The goal is to meditate, to do the practice. I actually had an experience a few days ago, which I'll tell you about. I was doing my first interview on another podcast, the Homecoming podcast with Sarah Nelson, and I was really nervous. Even though I've been doing this podcast now for a couple months, it still feels really intimidating me to go on somebody else's podcast. My mind was super busy with thoughts about how awkward I would be and that I would trip over my words and that I probably just shouldn't do something like this again. I could feel the fluttery feeling in my stomach and the fear creeping in. And I remembered my meditation practice. So I just took a moment. I stopped. I focused on my breath. I let go of the thinking and just sat with myself for a minute. I came back into the present moment and I watched my thoughts. And with a little bit of space and my knowledge of how the mind and nervous system work, I was able to see that this was something new, something I hadn't done before, and my nervous system was trying to keep me safe. It was trying to talk me out of doing it. My nervous system's intentions were good but misguided. I was able to assure myself and my nervous system that I was safe, that this was going to be okay, I wasn't in any danger. I thanked my nervous system for trying to protect me, but I let it know that I had it from here. I did the interview. Was I a little awkward at times? Yes. Did I stumble over my words at times? Yes. Was it still a really good experience? Yes. Sarah was kind and warm and non judgmental. And overall, the interview went really well. I'm telling you this to illustrate that meditation works. If it feels intimidating or hard or your mind feels really busy, don't give up. The benefits outweigh the discomfort. For your small step this week, meditate, gosh darn it, just do it. Find a guided meditation if this is something new for you, or even some meditation music. Make some time and meditate. Your brain will thank you. Hey there. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. It helps new podcasts like this one get seen by other people. If you didn't like it, I hope you're not still listening. Life is way too short to listen to podcasts you don't like.